welcome to the Realistic Healthy Living Podcast, where I share with you information that may help and support you as you work towards your own goals. This podcast can help you find a more realistic and practical approach to tackling common dietary challenges. I will be sharing some intimate interviews as well as my own insights to shed light on important nutritional and well-being topics. I'm Shani, your host and a certified nutrition consultant. I work with people seeking to look and feel better, providing them with realistic, safe, and doable solutions so they can reach their nutritional goals without giving up their favorite foods. Ready? So let's begin. Today I'm chatting with Jordan, who decided to change his body composition. Being in his early 40s, a tall man with a slim build, wanting to invest in long-term health, he agreed to share with us fascinating and very inspiring moments in his transformation. Whether you're interested in taking on healthier choices or have other personal physical goals, I highly recommend listening to this episode as there are some great insights as well as useful tips. After my chat with Jordan, I will share some of my thoughts about this subject, so please have a listen and I'll see you on the other side. Hello, Jordan, and thank you so much for joining us today. I really appreciate you and your time, and I'm super excited to hear about what you have to share with us. I hope that we could start with a little background. Who is Jordan? What brings you to this place today? And anything you're willing to share? Sure. Absolutely. Yeah. So, yeah, I'm Jordan. I'm 42 years old. Um I had a, I had my, my kids very young, so that does kind of play into my journey a little bit. So I was, uh, I was a father at 19 years old and I've got two daughters. And so a lot of my time and energy was focused on them, but I've, I've always been active. I've always uh, enjoyed sports, playing them just, I mean, for fun, for, for health and stuff, but that's been a part of uh, my life, you know, as long as I can remember, right, right back down to, you know, single digit ages, there was points in my life where I was running and playing soccer and all those types of things. And then, you know, as it, as it happens, you know, you go through phases in your life, you know, through my later twenties and thirties where work kind of took an outsized role (laughs) and took away from a lot of things between, you know, work and family. I I wasn't able to spend as much time on, on health and nutrition. And I I wasn't even super aware of it at first until it had kind of almost been completely ripped away from me. (laughs) Yeah, I mean, so that's part of that's that's part of the story, I guess. So I went back to school for a master's degree in my mid thirties, and so I was doing family stuff. I was working full time, and I was going to school full time, and uh, there was no time for anything. I quit sports entirely. That was it, and that was necessary. And it was uh, I don't regret any of that. But coming out of school, I'd broken all my good habits. I was just surviving. First, I was just grateful to have when I finished school, just to have that time back and enjoy my life and spend it with my family and friends and stuff. But I was also getting into the back half of my 30s. And when you have no activity level in the back half of your 30s, besides work and doing stuff around the house, I I started putting on weight, uh, which I really didn't like. So I'm I'm pretty tall. I'm 6'4". Uh, my whole life, I've been between well, pretty much bang on 175 pounds, which is really thin for somebody who's 6'4". Really skinny guy. Um, but, you know, they worked for, for my soccer and for running and for cycling and all of the things I did. I kind of had a, a build that was okay for that. You know, I kind of always believed that I was, I was never able to 
you know, put on like any kind of bulk or, or muscle or anything like that. So I just kind of, that's, I played sports that you know, didn't require that, or, um, I just thought it wasn't for me. What was that tipping point that took you from having that thought in your head and actually making it happen? Well, there's a two, there's a couple of things. So I, I just, I'm aware of the role that health plays in our life. Um, probably the the biggest thing that was on my mind is I, I just want to be healthy. I just want to live an active life and a capable life for as long as I can. Um, I had a coworker uh, at that time, right around that time. And he had come out of retirement just because he didn't like sitting at home doing nothing. <laughs> and uh, I found out he was 77 years old. Now, this man looked maybe mid-60s. But he was 77 and there was nothing he couldn't do. He'd taken a trip to Europe with his wife and they rented bikes and, and rode through the south of France. And he's 77. And I went like, that's that's it. That's my goal. And I remember I asked him so many questions. I'm like, how did you, like, how, like what do you do? Like, how do you maintain this activity? And he said, it, like, it wasn't a mistake. He went to the gym on his way home from work and he just did treadmill stuff. But um, he very much had this belief that, you know, use it or lose it, right? You got to keep it up. And I just went, you know, like this starts now, right? If I wait till I'm 60 to start doing treadmills, it's going to be really, it's much harder. And who knows how much capability you're going to lose in the meantime. My family health history for the men anyways has not been great. So I just know that I need to take care of myself and my heart and my lungs and my circulatory system, all that kind of stuff. It's, it's really what it was about. So when I started seeing myself, um, like you can be skinny and unhealthy, but people like, they don't know, <laughs> you know what I mean? Like you can trick yourself to be like, I'm fine. I look fine. I'm fine. But like, just cause you're like thin doesn't mean, you know, you're healthy. Right. So, and I knew that like, so yeah, so I started, uh, so after that period of school, um, when I started putting on the weight, I realized I couldn't go back to sports. I was, you know, doing, playing a lot of soccer and stuff. And it was really hard on my joints at that age. And uh, I was starting to, I was starting to have aches and pains after the games. And uh, probably the cumulative damage I've just done from playing competitive sports for so long. I knew I couldn't go back to soccer and, and, you know, live the life I wanted to live, right. Feel good all the time. So, so I started looking at options. Like, man, I got to do something. But like, I never thought like the gym was my thing because I tried it before and I found it really boring. And I'm just like, God, I just don't, I'm not a gym guy. I'm not a meathead. I'm not any of these, I had these ideas of what the gym meant uh, for people. But I looked at all these other things and I realized, man, I'm going to have the same knee and ankle problems with just about everything. I, I tried cycling, which is you know, good on the body, but um, I used to mountain bike, which was fun. But road cycling was a, just a huge time commitment. You know, you're riding 100K, you're riding 120K. It's nice and low impact, but honestly, I just didn't take to it. I just didn't find it interesting. So I needed something else. So I just said, fine, I got to do the gym thing. I have to do it. I just thought I got to stick with it. I, you know, what it looks like, you know, might vary. I'll, I'll find my path when I get there. But I just, I got a gym membership. You know, the nice thing about the gym is you can schedule it, you know, whenever it works around your schedule. So um, when I started, I was doing it before work. It was really the only time I had um, just get up earlier and, and get it done. And I started with a program that was like, I think I just Googled like men's beginners gym programs or something like that. <laughs> just a Google search. And there was a, a men's health magazine came up and it's like, do these like six things. And that's, you know, just to get started. <laughs> and, uh, they're probably, you know, anybody who knows anything about the gym, it's just the basic, basic core exercises to just build a base. 
And it was just, I don't know what, what did it was just this commitment to like, I just got to get healthy. It wasn't about like, Oh, I'm going to go in there. I'm going to get buff. I actually, when I started, I didn't believe that was an option. <laughs> I didn't know that was a thing that actually happened for me because I've been described as uh, as an ectomorph. Those are body types. There's mesomorph, ectomorph. Mm-hmm. I actually heard of the big one because it's so far from where I am. I never even thought about it. <laughs> uh, but actually part of that gym membership intake is I worked with a trainer and they did like a body composition like analysis. And I found out that I actually wasn't an ectomorph. I was just a skinny mesomorph. Like I actually had the body type and I'm like, and it shouldn't matter. But that kind of opened up possibilities to me. I'm like, really? Like, I just thought I was stuck with this. I thought this was just the way I am. <laughs> and they're like, no, 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 you've got this frame. You, you can, you can do more. But that changed my outlook a little bit. And then I went, okay, well, if I do have that body type, then why am I so skinny? And part of it was, you know, just, you know, doing a lot of upper body stuff or whatever that, that, that was part of it. But yeah, huge amount for anybody who has that body type is, is nutrition. It's just food, it's calories, it's intake, right? So I didn't focus a ton on nutrition when I first started, because it was just about moving my body every day. But anybody who's new to the gym will know that you're, you know, you're sore <laughs> and when you're working out a lot, you do get hungry. And so I started being thinking like, well, you know, if I'm going to go to the gym four or five days a week, what do I need to be putting into the body to fuel that? Because even when I played soccer, it was like two times a week, sometimes, you know, maybe three, some weeks. This was a new level of activity and, and, and I needed to, to eat more. So then I started to become pretty intentional about like, okay, well, you know, if I'm going to eat something, it should be, you know, nutrient dense and it should be you know, protein focused. And yeah, so I started exploring those types of things. You said that although you worked with a trainer, you mostly figured out things on the go. How did you know what is right for yourself? I guess when you Google stuff, not only you have to ask the question in a proper way, but also you have to kind of like filter through gazillions of articles How do you know what is right for you? What is true to you? How long do you spend learning and understanding what you and your body type needs? That's one question. And the other one would be when when things get rough, what kept you going? Yeah. Okay. So yeah, what I'm gonna yeah, what kept me going? Okay. So there's kind of two main questions there. The, uh, there was a little bit of trial and error. So I did, I did a bunch of research, you know, if you're going to go to the gym, what should you do? And for guys, I mean, it's almost everything you get back is protein, 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 protein. Um, now it's, it actually is a little more complicated than that, but I knew that was an area where if, if you want to support, you know, muscle growth and those types of things, there's some people who say that you want to be having a gram of protein for every pound that you weigh. That's for men. And I think the women's numbers is a little bit less than that, but that's an obscene amount of protein. <laughs> That's absolutely obscene. So if I was starting at 175 grams of protein a day, knowing that a good sized chicken breast is like 25, like that's, it's incredible. It's <laughs> a lot of chicken breast. <laughs> it's a lot. Yeah. So you can't just sit down and you can't eat them all back to back either. You can't just eat two chicken breasts because your body can only, this is the, these are the things I've learned. So your body can absorb about 25 grams at a time. So you can't just m- sit down and plow through your day's protein and call it a day. It doesn't work like that. You have to have it through intervals throughout the day. So then I started exploring, okay, well, where, what is, 
like, where can I get protein? Like we all know chicken breast has protein, but what else? Right. I can't eat that for breakfast, lunch, and dinner. And then for snacks and for, you know what I mean? And it's expensive. Like what else can I do? So I was looking at, uh, you know, I started eating, uh, yogurt for breakfast, you know, high protein Greek yogurt is a pretty good source of protein. There's, uh, you know, for, for snacks, I'd, I'd always been pretty good about snacking on things like vegetables, but I have vegetables. They like can't eat broccoli, just dry you eat it with ranch dressing or something. Right. But now I started realizing <laughs> that like hummus is a really great source of protein that you can have with the vegetables. It's healthier than, than ranch dressing and those types of things, you know, uh, nuts, like as a quick snack, like, uh, nuts and legumes and things like that. Yeah. So it just made sure that if I was making these choices that they were protein focused to get, and I can't say very often that I get to, cause I'm over, I'm, I've actually put on a lot of a bulk now, I'm about 215 pounds. That's trim. There's not a lot of fat on me anymore. So, so now I'm supposed to have 215 grams of protein. I can't say I get near that very often, but the thing is to get, I guess, as close as possible. Right. So if I can get in kind of the I don't know, I guess over 150, I consider that a win, but that's pretty hard. So one of the things, you know, for guys like me, for sure that I, that you you get onto is the protein powders and you start doing these shakes, right? When I first started the shakes, I started realizing it was giving me like a lot of like stomach problems, right? (laughs) And I didn't know what was going on. Like people do this, like, why am I having so much problem with this? And it was actually a guy at one of the, the health food stores that sells the things that's like, well... I'd been told to go in on a protein isolate. So I bought this protein isolate powder and he's like, well, that one's not an isolate. I'm said, well, it says isolate right on it. He goes, no, no, not all of them are. And I'm like, oh my God. Like <laughs> I was taking this like high, like whey based, like dairy based protein and it was messing me right up. <laughs> it was, I couldn't handle it. Dirty hard on the stomach. So, mm-hmm. uh, so we got me onto the, it's obviously more expensive to get on a pure isolate, but the pure isolates are actually lowering calories, which is not bad as far as empty calories. It's really clean protein. It didn't give me any of the stomach issues at all. So now I'm, I just, I buy more expensive isolate proteins. And, and that's important if you're going to be having, you know, two or more of those a day, like, I don't know, maybe other people can handle, can handle the whey proteins and the dairy-based proteins and things like that. But so um, there's some days that I'll have, I'll have three of those, right? That's 75 grams, just you can drink it in moments. It's a fast way to get good, clean protein. So that was a learning. That was definitely something that that went wrong. But I don't think I was super aware of how my diet was affecting my workouts at first. But you start logging 300 workouts, right? You start to know your body really well, right? I know when I grab this weight, what that eighth rep is going to feel like. I know exactly where I'm at. I know exactly my strength, but what I was noticing is I'm like, Oh, I'm, I'm weak today. Like I just can't, I did this, like I've been doing this for two weeks, but today I can't like what, what's going on. And, uh, I started really being able to connect my sleep and my nutrition with my body. So when everything I do is in, you know, I'm counting these reps and I can feel when I lose a rep and I can connect that to like what I ate before the workout, like that day, how well I slept the night before. It's almost predictable. Like it's just, I'm so in tune with how sleep and nutrition supports those workouts. I absolutely love that someone like you who took on such a challenge and kind of like self-taught you've realized how everything is interconnected. You cannot expect your body to function a certain way without fueling it properly and without allowing it to recover and rest properly. Mm -hmm. And I understand that you went through a lot of trial and error, which is 
which is very common. That's a very typical way to go. And uh, whether you work with a nutritionist or not, it's always a trial and error because we are individuals. We are different. One thing may work for one, but not for the other. And I think what you said is so true. And I'm so happy you shared that with us. Tell us a little bit about challenging moments. Tell us a little bit about a day where it's maybe minus 30 outside. And the last thing you want to do is going to the gym or there's a party and everybody's having something to eat and you are not allowing yourself to eat that. What, whatever you consider as challenges. For sure. Yeah. I put enough work in that if I really want to, I can eat whatever I want. That's kind of the way I put this. I look at it. I can, you know, make it back. I'm not, you know, super, you know, vain about, uh, about that kind of stuff. However, I put so much time and energy these days into being healthy that the thought of undoing that or like the awareness I've got, like, I know how much elliptical time I need to like get to burn off that chocolate cake and it's bananas how much time it takes to, to get rid of that. So I just, it doesn't seem worth it. It actually does change your mentality. Let's all start. So I've, uh, you, you know, you do bench press long enough, you're eventually going to fail a rep. But I'd never failed a rep. And that's because I don't go to the gym with anybody. I'm by myself. So I try not to do, you know, weights I can't handle or reps I can't handle. But anyway, I'm at the gym one day. This this uh, young kid's over there. He's, uh, he's got a little bit of weight on him. He's kind of... Uh, you know, he's, he's a little bit overweight, but uh, I see him on bench press and he fails a rep and, and he can't. And so, he, and I just happen to notice I run over there. I pick the bar up off him and he's super sheepish. Cause that's like, it's, it shouldn't be embarrassing by the way, this does happen in gyms. Uh, and it happens to everybody, but he was all embarrassed. I just made him feel good about it and, and, and let him be. Well, wouldn't you know it? It was like maybe seven days later and I'm doing bench press and sure enough, I go to, and I I'm failing a rep and it's coming down on the chest and Two seconds later, that same kid, <laughs> the kid's in his early mid-20s, <laughs> and he's picking the bar off of me. <laughs> I'm like, well, do you, do you feel better now? <laughs> but it's, it's that kid that I was talking to, because uh, he started, um, he lost a ton of weight. And uh, I, I saw him just this, it was around January. And I said, what are you, like, what are you doing, man? Like, you're looking, you're look, I mean, obviously, I'd seen him lifting. He's, he's doing, you know, putting the work in. But he's just talking about, he's like, man, like, you know, Christmas happened. I told myself I can eat whatever I want. It's Christmas time. I'm going to do what I want. Yeah. So he just, he had given himself permission to eat anything he wanted. But when it was around, he's just like, it changed his mentality. He's like, I am doing good things. I don't want to have something that's unhealthy. I don't want to put stuff that I know my body doesn't need the sugars and the whatnot. Right. So, um, so he's like, it's just gotten easy. It's just, you know, I, I, and this is, this goes back to some stuff I learned a long time ago. It's actually a Tony Robbins thing. He talks about neural connections. And basically what he's saying is you need more reasons to do something than to not do something, right? And those reasons have to be stronger. So for for this, you know, this guy, I mean, there's obviously the reasons why you would eat chocolate cake is because it's delicious. <laughs> like that's pretty obvious. There's that reward system. There's the serotonin. There's lots of reasons to eat chocolate cake. It feels it's wonderful. But the reasons not to, you have to be stronger than the reasons to eat it, which for this kid was like, I've lost a bunch of weight. I don't want to undo this. I'm spending so much time on my health. This is not consistent with my goals and values, right? Those reasons became stronger draws to him than the chocolate cake, right? So you can do that. Uh, You know, I've done that with the gym. The gym is just, 
this is for my health. This is for my future. This is for my abilities and activity level. It's honestly not for the vanity. That's totally a fringe benefit. I've been very intentional about not making this about vanity. I actually find that really obnoxious. <laughs> and, and there are guys at the gym who every set are like looking at themselves in the mirror and I'm like, oh my God, like, please let, let me, let me, let me I see them. That. Yep. They're yeah. there. <laughs> yeah. So I'm never going to do that. But like it is, this is the fringe benefit, right? That's the secondary or, or benefit of of taking care of your health you know if it happens to, to look good great but that's not my my reason that's not enough that's not a strong enough reason for me you know and i guess as i age it's gonna that's you know if that's your only reason and then you know you get into like this guy in his 70s that i used to work with he wasn't an adonis he looked like you know he's you just eventually you're gonna lose that so you need more you need better reasons so mine are all health-based i'm staying healthy i built it into my week the same way I tell people this they're like well how do you do it I'm like it's like brushing my teeth it's just a thing I do so part of the trial and error I used to just be like I'll go whenever I have time so then I found myself going like sometimes it was five days a week and that's actually too much and that's what my body was telling me but it wasn't like I set out to do five days a week I just kept being like I have time let's go so I started realizing I had to build a program with proper splits I had to build a program with all the rest built into it and I had to cap it at four days a week the way that I work out, other people can do more different programs. You could go six days a week with the right program. That's but the program I was doing lifting heavy. The number's four for me. Kind of every other day I go Tuesdays, Thursdays, Saturdays, Sundays. That's my routine because it's hardwired. I don't do well with ambiguity. Like if I was like, if I said, I'll try to get there four times this week, but didn't have those days set, that would be harder. But the other reason the days are set is to make sure there's exactly the appropriate amount of rest between all of those workouts, right? So they complement each other and that. I'm not overdoing, you know, any particular area. So that rest is the rest is, I mean, they, you know, this is the thing that you learn is that you actually build muscle while you're sleeping, not in the gym. Mm -hmm. So like the downtime, the rest time is actually, you know, at least equally important, if not more so. Jordan, I'd like to take a scenario where someone approaches you and says, wow, Jordan, you look so different. You look amazing. Like you're having a conversation and he goes into the mm -hmm. sentence of, I wish I had your discipline. What what would you say to a person like that? Because you've been on the other side too, and you have put yourself through this massive transformation. What goes through your head? First, let's focus on the compliment. How does it make you feel long-term, not necessarily momentarily, you know, oh, yay, I look great. But like long-term, is that a motivator? You said you're not into the vanity side. And also, what do you tell them when they tell you they cannot do what you can? Well, that's, yeah. Well, I always get sheepish with compliments first. I've never gotten good at accepting compliments. This, this has happened, obviously. Um, it's a pretty big transformation. I have a little bit of, uh, how do I explain this? Like, I guess it's technical body dysmorphia, right? Like, I, when you put on weight like this, like I have, it's so gradual that I look, I still sometimes think of myself as a skinny guy. Like I just, I haven't gotten over the idea that, that, you know, I'm not the bulkiest guy either. I'm not like a huge, I haven't gotten massive uh, or anything like that. I'm just a lot bigger than I was. So when I'm getting comments, that tends to be what people are saying when they say they can't do it, like 
I would tell them like, I thought I couldn't do it. Like I thought this was not for me. I thought this was impossible, but you know, it's consistency. It's just consistency. And it's, it can't just be one or the other, you know, exercise and, and diet. It has to be both for me. Some people maybe can do one or the other again, depending on their body comp, but um, I have, they have mine are intertwined. If I'm not eating well directly after my workouts, then they're, I'm just not going to be able to recover properly and, and get the gains. But you know, it sounds hard, but like, uh, but the, the goal started really small. It just started with like move my body, and then then you start with incremental gains, and then you know you you fold in the the, the diet, and it just happens, right? So it just needs to be the commitment. It's like they say, like diets don't work because diets are like mega restrictive, and they're like. Um, they're time bound or whatever. It's like, Oh, 30 days, 60 days or this or that. And then you stop and you know, and then, and then it all comes back because you've just brought back the really good habits. So you have to build it into a lifestyle, not like a, you know, like, you know, I don't mind people that do like, you know, you know, summer shred programs or boot camps or anything like that, but you're actually better off just committing to whatever, right. Three days of yoga or whatever is your thing. Right. And doing it always. It's just, it's so, it's, it hasn't come easy, right? Like it's, but I don't want to make it sound hard either. It's just been a natural consequence of going to the gym four days a week, right? I just made that commitment to myself uh, and to my health and to my future and to, you know, to my family. I, I look at that, right? Like, so, <laughs> so I'm committed to that. And, um, and then it almost happens by accident. I kind of feel that, that the whole thing is just a byproduct, right? Like it's not the primary Primary goal, but yeah, it's very flattering and it is motivating for sure. And, and, you know, and the, the, the way you look, that's motivating too. So sometimes when you don't want to go, you can be like, yeah, but like, there's so many good things about this or like, yeah, or like, you know, and, and there's some pride there as well. It's an accomplishment, right. That you can feel good about. And these are all the things that get you addicted, but, but I use tricks all the time to get myself to go. This is something you asked before. Like, how do you how do you stay? And are you uh, willing to share the tricks? Yeah. Well, they're so dumb. <laughs> <laughs> hey, if they work, they're not dumb. <laughs> I shouldn't be able to fool myself like this, but like sometimes it's like, I just can't go today. I just can't just, you like to say it's minus 30. I just can't, I don't want to go outside. And it's like, well, just put on your workout clothes. Just do that. That's it. That's all you're committing to. Right. And it's, Oh, just make your, uh, I make the, uh, you know, I take amino acids to the, to the gym or something. I make the drink, right? And I stick it in the bag. And then I'm like, well, you might as well like go there. You don't even have to go in, right? And I know that that's, I'm not just going to drive there, but I tell myself, just just get down there and see how it feels. If you decide you don't want to go inside, then you don't have to go inside. It's fine. If that's just the day you're having, then you don't have to go inside. Well, now now I'm in the parking lot and I'm like, well, I'm right here. And I'm like, I just don't think I've got it. This, the Like I'm tired or whatever is going stressed, whatever. I don't think I can get through my whole workout today, right? Like I, I lift heavy. It's hard, right? So then I start telling myself, well, just do half, just go in and just do half. like, forget it, you know, do half the reps, do half the weight. It doesn't matter. Just go do half. And at least then you've, you're, you know, you're already here. So the funny thing is if you can get yourself that far, you usually don't do half. Like under the weight, you're just like, okay, I'm just going to do this. Like it's, you know, it seems like a waste to not do it properly at that point. But something else that I heard that was a tool, particularly for people that are like a long way from being healthy. And I love this. I heard this guy was tremendously overweight and he started working with the trainer. And the problem for him wasn't even the workouts. Like that was, that was a problem for another day. The problem for him was the habit. So he committed to one minute every day. He just never had that moment where he's like, I can't do this. Like, of course he can do one minute. So he started with one minute. And then it became two minutes and then three minutes forward. Same way I'm describing it. The same, you're just like, well, I'm here. I'll just stick around a little longer. But what he wasn't trying to, it, the, when he started, 
the goal wasn't the workout. The goal was the habit. I'm going to drive down there. I'm going to stand on that treadmill and it, it can be one minute. And that's such an obtainable, like achievable goal for anybody that it made it easy for him to set the habit. The habit wasn't because like if somebody takes a guy's, I don't know, 400 pounds and tries to put him through a workout, that's not going to feel really good. And that's not going to like same as I feel sometimes where it's like, oh God, like, (laughs) am I really going to go in here and lift this much weight and do this much? It feels big, right? So sometimes you need to start with really small, like really small achievable, like I'm just going to do x and then um, you'll find it feels good and even those days you have nothing in you like it's very few days i cheat myself on my workouts like like i probably have over 300 workouts under my belt now 350 maybe 400 at this point i've maybe cheated four times like truly for whatever and it's usually my own fault i don't know and I don't drink anymore, but like, you know, like over three years, like maybe there's been a few times where I've just had some drinks. And I'm like, yeah, I, I'm, I'm going to hurt myself if I ate. <laughs> okay, so I'm just going to, but then you still move, right? Like the thing is yeah. doing half time or half the weight or half the reps. That's not, that's not cheating. That's, you're still doing it. It's better than nothing. Yeah. So. And as you said, you're keeping the habit, which is a massive factor in achieving goals, right? Totally. Your messages are so important, the consistency and small steps and creating habits. I think these are bang on the key to achieving any goal. And I feel that a lot of people put some goals that are really unrealistic and they seem so far-fetched that at, at the end of the day, no one can live up to these and actually maintain them. And that's where it's such a pleasure to hear you say that. And, you know, you as a representative for the average guy who wants to achieve something in the middle of his life sets his mind and does that, Um, which brings me into a question that I'm wondering, what do you think if we take motivation and discipline. And we put them together and they create 100% of what pushes us towards our goal. What do you feel is more discipline or motivation? Or do they rotate on different days? Oh, I don't know. I feel like I live in discipline most of the time. And that's Mm -hmm. just, uh, I don't know that ever, I'm pretty successful with discipline in a lot of areas of my life. Um, I know people that don't thrive with discipline. They just, they don't do well with that. Yeah. Honestly, I'm probably mostly on the discipline side. That's what makes it happen. It's because I've told myself, and honestly, if I, if I can't go to the gym on one of my days and that happens, right, something comes up and maybe it's a family, I don't know, my daughter's birthday. I skipped the gym, mm-hmm. but it was her birthday. <laughs> like we, yeah. we wanted to, we had other things to do. So we went for dinner and we had a great night. Right. So like, um, but I know like in the back of my mind, I'm always like, ah, oh, man, you missed it. Like, you feel like you're kind of failing yourself in your program a little bit. That's my discipline speaking. The motivation, the part, the motivation part of that for me goes just back to those intentions, right? And for some people, you want to write them down. Like, why do you want to go to the gym? And like, if I wrote all my reasons down, like, sure, like bodily aesthetics is going to be like at the bottom of the list. But like, I go back to that guy I worked with so often. I just, 77 and riding a bike in France, like that's my motivation. Like, I don't need anything more than that. So, but like, again, how do you get there? It's these little things, these small things every day. Right. And it's not 
for three months. So I get my beach bod it's forever. Like that's just, and you know, as I get older and you know, your testosterone drops and I'm going to, you know, I'll have to lower my weights or change my program, but I'm willing to do that because the goal isn't to just like look a certain way forever. Right. I'm not, you know, I'll hang on to it as long as I can, but it's a primary goal of mine is to not get injured. Um, there's so many guys that try to do too much in the gym and like get a rotator cuff injury, which never heals. It's, it's like, I never want to be that they have shoulder surgeries or so. Yeah. It's just these little, these small goals. Um, and, and it's not wrong to be motivated by aesthetics. If that's what drives you, I'm not, I'm not, I'm just saying for me, that wouldn't be enough. <laughs> so anything, anything, you know, that, that makes you want to do it. Right. That, you know, and if it's the compliments or the, whatever, that stuff's nice too. Right. So it's re it's positive reinforcement. Yeah. Um, How's your support system? Is it consistent? Is it uh, something that is a part of your discipline and motivation of your routine? Um, my journey that way has been fairly solitary, I suppose. You know, there are a few guys at the gym that, you know, it tends to be a pretty um, supportive environment, right? So just, but it's usually just fist bumps and like, you know, like that. you get more compliments from guys at the gym than you get from, <laughs> from the best compliments, a guy to guy compliment. <laughs> hey dude, you're looking big. You're like, Hey, you're, you know, like, cause you're all there doing the same thing. Right. And you see, like, it's, it is funny. Like people don't talk to each other enough in the gym. If you ask me, because like some of these people I've seen hundreds of times, I don't know their names. Oh, can you elaborate on that? Because in my head, I feel that the gym is a place where you go in, you work out and you go home. Is it, would you like it to be a little bit more social? Visit. No, I don't want to visit, but like, it feels weird. No, seeing somebody so many hours a week and not knowing their name, you know? Mm -hmm. like, so that was my, believe it or not, my resolution this year. And it shows you, I guess, how far I've come when this becomes my resolution and not some other things, but my resolution was to say hi to people. That's it. If you, if you go to the gym, you know, that, that guys and girls, some of them have their game face on, you can tell they don't want to be bothered and you know, you're focused. Um, and I find the gym very meditative. I'm the same way. Uh, but like at the same time, you just want to, you know, give those fist bumps and give some positive reinforcement. And I want, there's guys like I have talked to, I'm like, you know, like, you know, say hi to them and be like, you know, tell them like, what do you do for your shoulders? Like these guys have, and I'm like, you know, I could learn from these people. Right. So just being able to ask a few questions to be fair, nobody at the gym really want, is there to visit. Right. So I, I, I do better with the older guys. I still look a little young for my age, but I'll see these older guys and I'll be like, Oh, that's old guys in here. Right. Cause there's so many kids that are like 20 something um, in the prime of their lives. Right. But But the old guys, I'm like, oh, I like to see, you know, this, the old guys uh, pushing big weight, like when, especially when they're really strong, right? I try to like kind of compare myself to them, but I'm like a lot closer to their age than these kids in their 20s these days, right? So like, well, anybody who stays committed to their health, like nice, and I'm just trying to do a little bit better. Make, I just want the gym to be a little more welcoming because everyone's got their game face on, right? So Yeah. So what do you eat <laughs> other than protein shakes and, yeah, yeah. you know, broccoli you know here and there and chicken breast? What do you eat? So I never used to eat breakfast. So the, my biggest way of being like, I needed more caloric intake. I needed more protein intake. I needed more everything intake. Right. So the biggest thing I did was add breakfast. So breakfast can be like a fruit smoothie. Um, I, there's, there's actually protein oatmeal these days that you can get just something. Right. But most of the time it's uh, yogurt and granola. That's kind of my, my go-to breakfast on the weekends. Uh, eggs are great. 
those types of things. Uh, I do eat a lot of lean meats, so chicken and fish. Um, Snack-wise, vegetables with hummus, we mentioned that, nuts. They've got those little tuna snacks, which are pretty good sometimes, right? You just can't have it, you know, too many a week, right? Once maybe a week would be good for that stuff, but it's super uh, protein-dense and and nutrient-dense, right? Like I do try to like avoid carbs, but that's just because they're everywhere. Right. So you can very easily have too many carbs. I'm not a weird, like, cause you need carbs. I need carbs. It's a big part of it. Right. So I do kind of try to have a lowish carb diet as many vegetables as I want. So there's vegetables with, with every single meal and I'm not super restrictive as long as it's not like, like I wouldn't eat like chicken Alfredo every night, but I don't have a problem eating that even though it's, even though it's like, you know, technically not <laughs> super healthy, but like, you know, again, your body needs, you know, that would be full of carbs. That would be full of, you know, fats that would be full of, you know, all those types of things as well. And if you're going to eat that five days a week, a lot of people would gain weight on a diet like that. So, uh, you know, but I'm not going to say no to it. Like if it comes up, right. So did you see physical and mental changes through your process, I guess my question is, other than dropping body fat and increasing weight as far as muscle, um, getting compliments, sleeping better at night, being, um, you know, all that, do you see any changes on that path that you're looking and you're saying, that's a really nice uh, side effect that I didn't consider and happened? Yeah. I'm, and I'm kind of surprised that I haven't mentioned it already because it's actually one of the biggest reasons that I continue to go. I find the gym really meditative and it's maybe for people who meditate, maybe they don't like that. I'm saying that because <laughs> it's maybe not quite the right definition, but why I say that is I go there for me. I'm alone. I put on my headphones. I put on my favorite music and I count to 10, like over and over and over. Right. Um, and it's hard to be stressed or to think about other things when you're lifting heavy weights, right? So it's a really good way to clear the mind. And, uh, like you say, it leads to that better sleep. It leads to that feeling of like, you've used your body. Like when, when you're fit and you use your body, it's a good feeling. Okay. When you're not fit and you use your body, you're like, Oh my God, I can't walk. Or like, <laughs> like I just want to <laughs> lie on the couch. Like that's not the way it feels when you, once you, you kind of get over that hump. Right. So I felt the same when I was young, I used to run like 10 K like every single day. But if I couldn't run, I, I did, I used it to clear my mind. Like I just, I couldn't sleep well, or my mind was too busy. Like I just, I had to do it. And you know, I find that's the part of the gym. Like if I'm having, you know, work's been stressful or anything like that. It's, it's a great escape for that. And you got to remember, you know, back to my intro right off the start, I never even wanted to be a gym guy. I'm like, I'm going to hate this. Like I couldn't believe when I had to do it, I was like, it was so against my will. I'm like, I can't believe I can't find something better <laughs> than to do this. Like I wish there was, cause there was no competitive aspect really. Uh, I don't know. Like it's, it's, it is interesting. A lot of people are like, they tell you it's addictive. And I've been, you know, the same thing with running. I had experienced that where running was addictive to me, you know, and, and people who don't run or people who don't go to the gym, it's, it's hard to believe, but like, I didn't, I could, I, didn't, I remember thinking other people will get addicted to the gym. I'm not going to get addicted to the gym, but it's all of those things, right? It's the progress. It's the way you feel. It's the meditative aspect. It's the, you know, it's, it's self-care. Like, it's just, it's something I do for me, you know? So all that feels good. Just take time out of my day, you know, out of my schedule. It's important, like part of, like I've got the kind of job that can spill into your social time, but I also maintain control of my schedule, but building the gym in there and fencing it off, 
It's important for me, right? So that I'm not working like every night of the week or something like that, right? It's important to just be like, no, that's that's me. I won't book client appointments those nights, even if they want them. No, that's just, it's just an important way of prioritizing yourself, right? Yeah. And I love that you say that because for me, when I talk to my clients and they see the progress as they proceed with time, they go back to me and say, I had no idea of the emotional and mental impact of a healthy lifestyle. And when you say that when you go to the gym and it's meditative, you don't know what you don't know, right? Like until you get there and until you get to the point where your body demands from you to go to the gym because you were talking about addiction, that's that's a nice addiction to have. I mean, addiction in, in the mm-hmm. positive connotation, right? Yes. When you get to that point and you understand it's a very impactful, meditational, emotional, mental reward, then all of a sudden you don't need as much motivation. You don't need as much discipline. It's kind of like something that attracts you and let you prioritize it because you feel like a better person afterwards or during and and I wish more people knew that. So thank you for sharing that because yeah, that's part of it. It's like, I know if I skip, I'm going to feel not good about it. And that's mm-hmm. the other thing. So um, it really, really does feel like I just owe it to myself. Right. So mm-hmm. I don't want to let myself down. I, I've known that why I'm, I'm, I'm cautious with this is because I've known people um, are going to need different tools in order to find their, their drive or their motivation or their consistency. Mm-hmm. But there's lots of paths to that. Right. You know, if you're helping somebody move, you know, you go on a hike and like, it's not, taxing anymore even big inclines and you know just having a stronger body is like kind of a a nice i bet even going with your girls and experiencing that you know they're doing something and you're like oh they're so young how can i keep up and all of a sudden you find yourself keeping up and you're like oh that's the massive reward massive reward massive reward and like and, and you know as somebody with kids like i think demonstrating perseverance and commitment and health uh, it's it's important to uh, to just to demonstrate, you know, showing them like like physical activity is important. My youngest daughter's got a gym membership now, and, nice. and I'm hoping it's not because of body image issues. We don't talk a lot. She's a teenager, right? But um, but she's she's never played like very many sports and stuff. But I think you know she's seen the the role that an active lifestyle can can play and and, and the way. You know, just the, the way healthy choices can affect your life and stuff. And I think it's our job to model for our kids, like you know, that health's important. So you know, show them that you know it's an investment in yourself and your body, and you know, and then inspiring others too. Like I take, I've put gym. I don't have a lot going on in my life. <laughs> I live a pretty boring existence. So on my like Instagram, you know, I've put some pictures of uh, of gym selfies. And I'm not like obnoxious flexing pictures, just my journey a little bit. And I've, I've been conflicted about it because people give me a pretty hard time. I like to poke fun at my, oh, you and your muscles. are, <laughs> And I don't like that. I don't like it at all. And I'm not, I don't like the, sh- I don't want to show off. That is not it. But on the flip side, I've had some people talk to me about how they found it motivating. And I don't do it all the time, but I feel like that's a bit of a responsibility or something to, to show like the journey. Right. So, you know, going back to somebody saying, well, I could never, whatever people that have known me, I don't think they thought I could do it either. I don't know. Like I didn't think I could do it. I wouldn't be upset if they didn't think I could do it. So like they're as shocked as I, I don't know. I like, like I go on vacation and I take a picture of my workouts on vacation. Cause I want people to know, like, you know, this follows me. Like I do this. Right. So it's, it's a journey that I'm on. It's a very real thing. 
that I've done for myself. And you know, I'm I'm listening to you and you're saying, well, you know, I'm shy and I don't do that, and some people laugh at me, which I don't think has as much weight as the fact that you have inspired people. And for me, if you can manage to inspire for a good thing, one human being on this planet, let alone a few, you have done an amazing job and that's all you need. But the fact that you have managed to inspire not one, but several people, I think that's probably the most beautiful accomplishment someone can get in their life. Yeah, I- It's never too late. It's never too late. It's just harder, right? The longer you wait. It doesn't matter how old you are. It's never too late. They've even done studies that, you know, men in their 60s can can put on muscle at almost the exact same rate as men in their 20s. Now, who would have ever thought that? Uh, The longer you let it go, the harder it is to rein it back in, right? So, so, you know, I don't mean to make 42 sound old. It's absolutely not, but I'm not 20 anymore, right? So it's just, it's great that I'm starting now when I've still got, you know, all that capability and all my, yeah, just... And as you said, you don't use it, you lose it. You know, you want to uh, ride Europe on your bike at 77 and hopefully at 90 as well. So yeah, why not? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> so Jordan, I, I I love everything you shared with us and kind of like for a fun wrap up, I have those five random questions that are, you know, just for fun. Do you want to participate? Let's do it. Yeah. All right. What food, which is considered junk food, you would never want to give up? Uh, Pizza. Makes sense. That makes two of us. You're on a deserted island and allowed to have only one or two food items with you. What would they be? Uh, Chicken and vegetables. (laughs) Boring. Really? Yeah, boring. (laughs) What fruit or veggie do you absolutely dislike but would consider or agree to eat because it's good for you? Uh, I dislike bananas and I put one in my smoothie every day. Good for you. Um, What is a dish that brings up good memories for you? Oh, boy. Turkey soup or something homemade, like, or even... uh, yeah, I guess all those big dinners, those those kind of family turkey dinners, Christmas, Easter, those types of oh. things. Those are good. Those are my favorite. And the last one, in a sentence or two, what general message would you like to share with our audience? I don't know. I guess, I mean, I guess my message is like, I mean, everybody's results may vary, but you can accomplish more than you think you can accomplish. And for me, it's been really important to not be attached to the superficial, but to create really strong connections to the outcomes that really matter, which is, you know, not having a heart attack at 50, right? (laughs) Like those types of things. Those are very, that's my responsibility. I have to take care of this thing. You know, somebody said to me years ago, if like when you were born, or let's say when you were 16, you're given one car, but that's the only car you can ever own. Would you change the oil, right? Would you, would you make sure it's got good tires? Would you do the maintenance on it? You know? And like, I think it's so easy for us to be like, of course I take care of the car, but like, it's not as easy for people to take care of our bodies. It's so weird how we completely take our body for granted, you know, in all the ways, whether that's, you know, going to the dentist or the, <laughs> this, all the things like you have one, that's it. This is the last one you're going to get issued. So take care of it. What an amazing message. Jordan, really, thank you so much. I appreciate your time and the words of wisdom you shared with us and your personal journey. And I I love everything that you shared. So thank you for being with us today. I really appreciate it. Thanks for having me.
All right, before I go into my usual post-episode comments that I do whenever I have a guest, I would like to clarify a couple things in regards to the amount of protein that was mentioned in my chat with Jordan. First of all, I would like to offer something, and you do with that whatever you wish. Whenever someone shares something that they do, I would like you to keep in mind that that is something that works for them, and it may or may not work for you. And I know that is a very clear thing, what I just said. However, in my profession, I have seen way too many times that people forget that. And they go into that copycat kind of behavior and blindly follow some things that seem to work for other people, but may not work for them. So everything that is being shared here by my guests, I would like you to make the right decision that is true and proper for yourself. Even though it is successful for someone else, that does not necessarily mean that it will work for you in the same way. We're all different. So this is one thing that I want to mention. Another thing that is very important, Jordan mentions how much protein he is taking per day. That is something that he had learned that works for him based on his goal. The RDA, and RDA stands for Recommended Dietary Allowance, is 0.8 grams of protein per one kilogram of body weight. Now, I would like you to know that specifically for protein, the RDA is the bare minimum, meaning that if you have less than 0.8 grams of protein per one kilogram of body weight, you are increasing potentially the option for you to not be healthy. Or maybe I could say it in other words, it wouldn't be healthy long-term if you consumed less than 0.8 grams of protein per one kilogram. Can people survive on less than that? Most likely, yes. But the RDA was created based on research that had shown that it's not the ideal scenario. Now, if you are in the athletic world or if you know someone, maybe you've heard of people that take way more than that, sometimes double the amount of protein per one kilogram of body weight. And maybe that confuses you and you're not sure what is right and proper for you. We should remember that we're all different and the amount of protein a person should consume is based on a variety of factors. One person could be extremely active um, with the purpose of bodybuilding. So his intake of protein would be much different than another person who has no goal of building muscles. And of course, in between, you can find other people that want to achieve different things. So please Take a note of that and do your due diligence and find out what is the ideal protein intake for yourself based on a variety of factors. 
All right, so now that I've clarified that, um, I wanted to talk about something specific that Jordan and I have chatted about. To be honest, when I was listening to Jordan, I was taking notes of key points that he had mentioned. He had a lot of wonderful points that he brought up. But something that I wanted to put an emphasis on, and maybe this is something that a lot of people are struggling with, and that is the motivation or the discipline. I have so many clients that when they first came to me, they said, I have no willpower. I don't know how it's going to happen and how it will work. And as we worked together, they saw changes in the way they think and how to achieve their goal in a different way. So I want to stay on that topic and bring up this conversation I had with a friend. And she said, well, she's, she used to be very, very active. And in the past few years, for different reasons, she has not been as active. And she said, well, you know, we should never be hard on ourselves. And after we finished that conversation, she left and I stayed with that thought. And I think that one common denominator in our current life is that talk of being hard on ourselves or not being hard on ourselves because life recently had become even more challenging. It was challenging before, but now with all the recent changes that happened so fast, more and more people are being challenged on a daily basis with financials and employment and personal statuses and a lot of different things. And it made me think that sometimes we need to consider that range. If you have on one side of the range being very hard on yourself, and then on the other side, being very easy on yourself, there's a place to maneuver that range in different times, in different scenarios. And here is what I mean. Let's say that your goal is the same as Jordan's goal, to change body composition. He wanted to become more muscular And he put that goal in his mind and he started working towards that goal. I think what Jordan did not do is be easy on himself. I'm, I'm, tr <laughs> I'm trying to be very careful with what I'm saying because someone may understand that I'm encouraging people to be hard on themselves. Not at all. What I am trying to convey is the message that we need to be careful not being too easy on ourselves when being hard on ourselves to a point, to a certain extent, is the right way to go. You can be easy or hard on yourself and have that fluctuate depending where things are at. But what I want you to consider is being extremely honest with yourself and ask the question whether you are being too easy, and allowing yourself to stray away from your goal. I know a lot of people are going through hell of times right now for different reasons, but 
what pushes us to reach a certain goal is not being easy on ourselves. Take that range and see where you can put that needle on so you are pushing yourself towards your goal. Don't do an overkill and force yourself to do something at any cost, but I personally think that mastering that needle on the range of being hard or easy on ourselves is what going to have us act or not act on our goal. I hope this episode provided you with some value. If so, your support will really help me. Here are two simple ways to do so. The ideal and easiest way would be to click the follow sign. And if you're willing, please share my podcast with anyone you think could benefit from it. Thank you for joining me today, and I'll see you in the next episode.